welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. Nick Elder joins me here today, and you can learn what Nick is up to by following him on LinkedIn. So look for Nick Elder Real Estate, and I'll make sure to have that link directly in the show notes. But Nick, I really appreciate your time here today. It's good to be here, Jack. Thanks for having me. So I, I've got to start things off by saying Nick came from pharmaceutical sales to real estate investing and understanding that that was a, probably a fairly high paying and secure job, Nick. What made you find your way to real estate? A forced layoff. So, you know, sometimes that's what me and my buddy, we were both laid off on the same day. You know, I had always wanted to take the lead to real estate. It's what I was passionate about. I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. You're right, a high paying job made it hard to willingly and voluntarily leave. But fortunately, I was laid off now that I look back on it. And that forced layoff led me into real estate. You know, that's interesting. I think everybody's been through it. And, you know, I've even been through it at least once now when it came, when it comes to that, you, you show up to work and you're just told that you're, you're a great employee, but we're, we're letting your department go. What it's always interesting to see what people, what actions people take. It's usually going to be looking for similar work and then they're scrambling or some go, I'm not going to let this happen again. And they do some things and shore some, th- some things up to at least generate something passively so it doesn't impact you the same way a second time, another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I started a company two years ago with my, my friend and his wife, Trinity P Partners is the name of the company. And my friend, Joey, he was my boss. And I realized how difficult it really was to try to do this pharmaceutical sales thing from nine to five. And then, you know, I'm, I'm in a serious relationship and then go out and try to do the real estate thing from six to nine or six to 10. You know, it's, it takes a lot of energy and, you know, we were trying to really build something up, but we couldn't commit a lot to it. And then, you know, it's kind of just a perfect storm. Once that layoff hit, one of the things I did to really, you know, get myself prepared for something like that is, building as much liquidity as possible so that I could carry myself for six months to a year while I, you know, tried this real estate thing. So that was one of the things I always kind of advise people to do is there's a lot of people out there that they don't want to be in their job anymore. They want to find something new. They want to change careers. And if you can build up that liquidity, get yourself to six months to a year's worth of you know, income, then you'll be in a good position to take that leap uh, to take that risk. What you really want to do. So, that was the one thing that I really attribute is that ability to have saved up enough money to carry myself six months to a year in the event that I didn't have any income. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good advice. What are you focusing on then when it comes to your real estate investing? Is it multifamily, single family homes? What are you doing? Yeah, I started off in single family. You know, I'm 30 years old. I started my career house hacking in Denver. So I just I, I moved into a house. I rented out the other two bedrooms, and I just saved up as much money as possible so I could buy my next one. I started that, but now I'm at a point I don't want roommates anymore. <laughs> you know, not something I'm looking for. 
and the landscape's really changing. So now I'm really focused on multifamily. I love the space. Uh, there's, I think, tremendous opportunity with where we're at right now and where we're moving. And that's really my focus. I raise a lot of capital at Ironton Capital. We invest a lot in multifamily real estate. And then I've got my company, Trinity Peak Partners, where we're under contract on an apartment complex in Northwest Arkansas. And so that's my bread and butter right now. And that's what we're really focused on. You're raising capital for that project right now? Yeah, in Northwestern Arkansas. Yep. So yeah. if they if somebody was interested in that, what where would they go for that information on that project? Yeah, so they can just reach out to me on LinkedIn. You know, we're finalizing some of the details for our investors right now, and then we can just connect and have a conversation via LinkedIn. Okay. How big is that project? How many doors? Twenty five. Okay. Yeah, twenty five units. Okay. So knowing what you've known now, how many years have you been doing real estate investing and you moved into the multifamily? Yeah, 2019, when I first started investing in real estate, I've been in multifamily and the private equity side since November of last year. So I've just been scaling like crazy and trying to do as much as I can right now. Right. Yeah. So knowing what you know now over the past four years, would you have followed the same trajectory or would you have jumped right into multifamily? You know, that's a, that's a fantastic question. I would have followed the same trajectory. You know, it's a, it's a massive amount of responsibility to be a steward of somebody else's capital. You know, mind that they have worked very hard to earn and, you know, they're putting a lot of trust in you to invest. So one of the things I did, you know, my partners and I put two years ago, we said, let's try, let's look at this multifamily thing. Let's, you know, look at what takes to syndicate deals. And initially we just, we did not have the mentorship nor the experience to, I think, go out and responsibly do this. And so I took a step back and went and found mentors that are way ahead of me that have done exactly what I want to do. I've got them in my corner now. I can text them, get an answer, you know, within 20 minutes. And so I went out and got that mentorship. And now I feel so much more confident being a steward of somebody else's capital. So I'm glad, you know, everybody kind of has their path. I think things happen for a reason. And I'm glad that glad that I'm starting when I'm starting right now. You know, the confidence factor is there, whereas it wasn't there, you know, three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned there's a lot of opportunities in the multifamily space. Have you found that those individuals that you're buying multifamilies from, they're, they're a little bit more open to some of that creative financing that you hear about in the single family homes? Oh, absolutely. Seller financing is huge right now. We launched a fund at Ironton Capital. It was a workforce housing fund in Denver. We had one of the projects was you know, seller financing at 3% interest only for eight years at 91% loan to value. I mean, that, you know, it, that's a very specific deal, but that is where a lot of those opportunities are right now. You know, for example, in Denver, there's just a lot of legacy families that have just passed on these apartment buildings from generation to generation. There's no debt on them. So if you can find those opportunities, there's some great work that can be done on the seller financing side. You know, this one in Northwestern Arkansas, we have, it's a self-managed property and the rents are, it's a class of value add property. It's not seller financing. It's a little bit more expensive on the debt side, but there's a lot of upside that can kind of carry that debt, you know, but yeah, creative financing is the key right now. The companies that can get the deals done, they're going to be in a good position, but it's a lot harder to get lending right now unless you can be pretty creative or if you have a really good track record. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you have quite a few people then who approach you 
asking you to be their mentor now, where do you typically point them? Where do you ask, say they maybe should should consider starting in this real estate investing journey? Yeah, you know, I I think that's exactly it is finding a mentor. That's what I did. You can you can eliminate a lot of expensive mistakes by finding a really good mentor that has already had those mistakes. You know, I, I, I've got a mentor that's a couple years older than me. I've got, you know, a couple that are in their 40s and 50s. And if you can find a mentor and maybe just be of value to them in any way possible, you're going to put yourself in a really good position. And so yeah. that's really the first thing I recommend. And also go out there, get your feet wet. If you're younger than, you know, if you're young, like you had just mentioned in this example, folks that are younger than me, go out, house hack, you know, figure out what it's like to be a landlord. You're on site find a way to save up as much money as possible. And in five to 10 years, if you do that a couple of times, you're going to have a great portfolio that you can reinvest into bigger projects. So that's something that I also tell folks that are younger than me, house hack right away, save up money and scale from there. You know, it's one of those things too. And it's still, I run into a lot of people who don't even realize, at least in my part of the world, first time home buyers can even qualify for up to a fourplex. And when they find that find that out, I mean, you're not going to find cheaper money than that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be able to probably get the lowest rate you'll ever get and you can leverage it at 97, 95% loan to value. And if you're in a growing market, like I'm in Denver, I mean, I made up for that 5% down payment in a year, you know? And so that's, that's the best way to do it. That's where I think some of the best returns are, you know, otherwise, for example, in my market, you're going to have to put $300,000 down on an investment property just to buy a single family rental. So it's that's why I always kind of recommend, you know, house hack, start there, be a little bit patient with the process and then scale up. Right. Yeah. You know, I'd be curious then, you know, you've been doing this for a number of years now. What was one of your biggest mistakes you you experienced and or challenges and what did you learn from it? Yeah, my first rental that was my first house hack I did not do the proper screening for tenants that I should have done. And that's why there's always a system, follow the system and stick with it. I tended to be a little bit too trusting of my gut, I guess, if you will. You know, people can really kind of put on a face and maybe they're not, you know, like that in real life. And I, you know, my first mistake was not having those proper processes in place for my first rental. I didn't do the background checks, the credit score screening. I kind of just went with my gut and I got burned on it, but it was a good lesson to be learned. You know, that lesson being, well, two lessons being, I'm never going to self-manage my own property again. <laughs> and the second lesson being, you know, even if you are going to do that, make sure you check all the boxes, have a good process and system in place. You'll position yourself, you know, to have top performing rental. So those are the two lessons I learned from that mistake. Do you have all of your rentals locally there in Colorado or do you have them across the country? Across the country. I've got one in Colorado that's on the market right now. So I'm selling it and I've got three out of state properties, two in PA and one in Ohio that I have apartments. So on the single family side. Sure. What made you choose those markets? We, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, went to school in Ohio. You know, there's just a lot of old homes that can be renovated. And that's what we did. We partnered with a company out there that handles a lot of that process. And so these are fix and flips. You know, you can buy them for a hundred thousand all in cash. They're just old properties in great neighborhoods that need 
some love and care. And so that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, we really wanted to do that to also build some momentum so that we have capital to put into more of our bigger projects. And so that's really the philosophy with our investment strategy out there. Right. Is that where you're actively looking for as well? Or do you, are you open up to other areas of the, of the country? We like it there for the single family. You know, we've got kind of like a fix and flip strategy we do with some friends and family that have about 25000 to invest. You know, they'll fund half of the purchase price and me and my two partners will do the other half. We like those markets. It's cheap to get in and you can make about 20% on your flips. You know, you could do the same thing in Colorado, but the price is much higher. So <laughs> you're, 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 you're paying 600000 for Denver. Uh, the same kind of market getting over yay, right? It's cheaper there. So I like that for the single family flips, but not what I'm looking for on the family side. You've mentioned finding a mentor a couple times here now. Are there tips or strategies you have regarding to make sure that the mentor is a, is a right fit or something you, someone you should pursue? Yeah, I mean, look at their experience. And I think look at the lifestyle that they're living. That was a big thing for me when I decided not to go into pharmaceutical sales after being laid off. You know, I looked at what's the next step in that process. District manager, do I see their lifestyle and do I want to emulate that? Do I want to live that life? And the answer was no. You know, it's a lot more work and you're just never home. But look at whoever's wherever you want to be. Say you want to be a big multifamily operator. See if you can find a mentor in that space and look at their lifestyle. And if that's, if you like what you see, that's probably who you want to, you know, build a relationship with and network with. Ultimately, you kind of want to go into that direction of your mentors. If they're living that lifestyle and they've got the experience you're looking for, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to remind everybody, find Nick on LinkedIn. Look for Nick Elder Real Estate. And like I said before, I'll have that link in the show notes. And if you found any value in what we're talking about here today, do us a quick favor and share this episode with one of your real estate investing friends. So Nick, with, with all that being said, where is your future? What, what are you, what are you hoping to accomplish in the next 365? Oh, that's a great question. Great question. The next, you know, I want to close on this Arkansas deal. I want to buy another Northwestern Arkansas property. We're taking a look at a couple other off market ones that, that make sense or in that same area. It's a market that is just absolutely exploding. It seems like every investor wants to be there right now. So I want to build my personal portfolio up. I want to do 10 more fix and flips with smaller investors. And I want to uh, get up to 50 units in Northwestern Arkansas in the next year. And then on the other side of it, Ironton Capital, the next 365 days, you know, we're looking to cross that $100 million in assets under management market. I want to play a key role in getting us there. So those are my goals on both sides. What steps are you planning on taking or what you, what's in the plan to make, make sure this happens? Yeah. So with Northwestern Arkansas, you know, everything that we're doing right now. So we need to have the capital ultimately to close on these deals. A lot of our investors want depreciation. So we're looking for projects that have high depreciation potential, of course. And of course, just projects with a lot of value add. So we're building relationships with brokers in Northwestern Arkansas right now to get that done. And then I'm also just working with some other friends who want to invest, say, 25000 And that's going to be our focus for the fix and flip side of things. At Ironton Capital, you know what really helps us raise capital is webinars and just constantly educating investors on ways they can invest, how to optimize their portfolio, 
how to invest with their self-directed IRA. And we're just going to continue to do that. And that's going to really be, you know, the engine that helps us raise capital for our many funds on the private equity side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of these projects and plans are going to be reliant on your network. What mm-hmm. are some tips and strategies have you curated to build out your network, especially in these new markets? Yeah, that's a great question. We, for example, in Northwestern Arkansas, we partnered with a guy who's in Oklahoma, but he has relationships with brokers that are in Northwestern Arkansas. And so really, if you're going to go into a market you're not familiar with, you know, LinkedIn's a phenomenal resource. There's a lot of people there that are in these target markets. Reach out to them, you know, maybe have a conversation with them just see maybe just ask them for advice. You know, at the end of the day, people in real estate are very, everybody's a, you know, network focused. So everybody wants to help everybody. And, you know, if you're looking to penetrate a market, meet somebody and network and connect with somebody that is already in that market and see if there's any value you could bring to them. You know, I think that's a great way to potentially start that conversation. You know, that, that is very important regarding what value you're bringing, because otherwise you're just being more noise in their busy world. Yeah. I mean, look, look, the world of multifamily is full of partnership opportunities. Nobody is just going at this alone. You know, I've maybe met one person that's just buying everything themselves and running everything themselves, but that is likely not the case. You know, there's a lot of people partnering with other people. I think there's tremendous opportunity to do that. So just find somebody that needs help and yeah, you know, if you got to do it for free, do it for free. But if it takes you getting experience to get to that point, then get the experience. Just go on from there. You know, you had talked about that you went through this layoff and you were looking for ways in which to add some passive income or or be self-employed. There's a lot to be said about that mindset shift that happened there to get you to dive into real estate investing. What what are your thoughts regarding that in hindsight now? What what did it take and, and what type of turmoil did you go through to to make that first step? Yeah, that's a great great question, Jack. You know, I, I always knew that at some point I had to get into real estate. If I wanted to be successful, I had to be doing this every single day. I had to get my reps in and I had to be just touching real estate every single day and have that as my job. You know, what was challenging was okay, I've got this experience in pharmaceutical sales. I could, I was getting other interviews. I could go and just get another job that paid six figures and, you know, I'll have a high paying job and I'll be able to invest passively. But I knew long term, I was looking for something I wanted to do, you know, well into my 40s, 50s, even into my 70s and 80s, you know. And when I looked at real estate, I was like, I can temporarily sacrifice some compensation for a year. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to matter, in my opinion. You know, I know that if I'm passionate about it, if I find a mentor, if I form the right network and connections and partnerships that, and that passion comes through, I know that at some point I'm going to make it, I'm going to be doing exactly what I want to do. And the compensation that I earn will probably be way higher than what I was getting in my pharmaceutical sales job. And so I just kind of, I expanded my outlook from six months to a year to three to five years. And, you know, Jeff Bezos, always, he, he calls it the regret minimization framework. And he says, you know, when I'm about to do something, I'm going to ask my 80-year-old self, will I regret not doing it, that one thing? If the answer is yes, then you should do that one thing. 
And so that's really the question I asked myself after that layoff. I said, am I going to regret not taking that leap into real estate now? Will I regret going back into my old job and my old career? And the answer to those questions were yes. And it's easier said than done because you're giving up some security, financial security initially. But if you believe in yourself and you're passionate about it, you'll get there. You just got to be a little bit patient. Okay. So just to remind everybody again, it is Nick Elder Real Estate on LinkedIn. You can learn what Nick is up to. It looks like you're pretty active on LinkedIn. Is that one of your number one social networks? It is, yeah. I've got an Instagram account, but it's it's, uh, it's not really the most branded, so I'm going to focus on LinkedIn when it comes to that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're juggling two jobs there. What is, what's the deal there? Like, have you found this a relatively easy thing to accomplish or are they somehow correlated? Yeah. You know, what I really love about real estate is there's a lot of synergy with so many different aspects of real estate. You know, you could be a real estate agent and an investor, you know, and just naturally you're forming a big network. So you could raise capital at the same time because you're working with so many different people. So there's a lot of synergy here. I mean, at the end of the day, I go and syndicate a property in northwestern Arkansas. And what's funny is this property is 30 minutes south of one that we acquired at Ironton Capital. And so for me, it's just like I want to get a bunch of experience and be as much value you know, to these folks at Ironton Capital who have so much more experience than me. You know, So I love the synergy. I'm able to do them all. I mean, there's a lot more time going into the Ironton Capital side of things, and I'm working a lot on the Trinity Peak Partners in the evenings and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like I'm doing what I love, and for me, it's, it's, it doesn't, feel, doesn't really feel like work, to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I'd be interested in is going back to your pharmaceutical sales. I would imagine you went through a lot of some fairly intensive sales training what are some of those tactics and skills you brought from that industry into your real estate investing? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, sales is so much about relationships. Of course, that's you know amplified even further in real estate. But you know, when it comes to sales, relationships are everything. And the second thing is, you know, people don't want to be, you know, hard, they don't want to experience the hard car salesmen sell anymore. You know, we just it doesn't have to be done. People don't want to experience that. What people really care about is you helping them, giving back, being generous with your time, asking questions and really understanding their goals, their motives, what inspires them. And I've really just translated that from what I learned and what I did in pharmaceutical sales to what I do now. And I think it's just even more true with what I do now because we're talking about a lot of money that people are investing in. You know, obviously, the hard sell is not going to work. So you've got to understand their goals and educate them and just offer up, you know, as much guidance and just give your energy into helping them. And if you're doing those things, like you'll win, I think, no matter what. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was reminded of, and, and I don't even want to call it a strategy in a way, because one of the, the things I was reminded recently is we have situation here where I was, we were looking at a house, we do some flipping as well. And this house was something actually we, in the end, we don't really want. So uh, it's interesting how much more, I don't even want to call it leverage. I want to call it like, they'll start 
sellers will start to pursue you when you get the give the impression you don't want it. Does that you know what I mean? I, so. I was just re- reminded of that recently again because of this situation we're we're working through. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that. You know, I think that I've seen that happen a time or two, especially on you know the deals that we're looking at. You know, there've just been like a lot of negotiations back and forth on those single family ones, and even in this one in northwestern Arkansas. You know, we didn't really try to give the impression that we didn't want it, but we weren't as aggressive about getting it. And yeah, if you do that, you give up your leverage somewhat. If you really show that, you know, you really want this deal. So yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment and I've experienced it myself. I'd be curious as to hear your thoughts on this. I recently saw Grant Cardone say something about when it comes to multifamily, it's already going to be a good deal because it's simply on be that it's being listed. Of course, it's a, it's a decent deal. The numbers have to be, have to pencil out. Otherwise they wouldn't be. It wouldn't be on the MLS. What What are your thoughts on his statements regarding that? It's definitely an interesting statement. You know, I, I like Green Cardone in some ways and in other ways. I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, at the end of the day, the guy does know what he's talking about. He's hugely successful. You know, not every deal that's out there is a good deal. I mean, the deals that we find, the deals that we found at Iron Capital have been some stellar off-market deals, you know, and I would say, I mean, if it's on the MLS, it, it, it can be a good deal for sure. It can also not be a good deal. So at the end of the day, the numbers don't lie, and you got to run those numbers and know for yourself. So to close some things out here, I'm I, based on what you've said. You know, finding a mentor and and a few other things. Could you talk a little bit about you know you you get the mentorship, you might get some training and a few other things. The importance of what you do with that information in the end and taking that imperfect action. Yeah. And and getting off the starting blocks. What are, what are your thoughts regarding any of that? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a fan of really just throwing yourself into it. A lot of people will get into analysis paralysis. They'll think a lot. You know, they'll, they'll think about all these things they want to do and get that dopamine hit, but then they never do it. And I just think take one step at a time. You know, read books, listen to podcasts, but make sure you're taking action because at the end of the day, the action is what's going to give you the confidence. And the confidence is what's going to you know just allow you to scale, be a steward of other people's capital. And it's just going to show in everything that you do. And so I just think, get started, figure out what you got to do, throw yourself into it. And don't be afraid to fail at the end of the day. You know, I see a lot of the most successful people, they've had some failures from time to time. And it's usually what has led them to be where they're at today. Right. Well, again, it is Nick Elder Real Estate on LinkedIn. But before I let you go, Nick, I'm going to throw some rapid fire questions at you if you're ready yeah. for them. Let's do it. What lie do real estate investors tell themselves and others? That it's passive. <laughs> it can be passive. You can invest in syndications and be a passive investor. But if you're looking to be active and scale your rentals, for example, single family rental portfolio, it's not passive. Even if you're not, even if you have a property manager, you still got to manage the property manager. So just know that it takes a lot of work still. Do you have a book recommendation for us or what are you reading right now? Yeah, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter is one of my favorite books. I've read it twice and I always recommend it. That's a new one. Okay, I'll have to check that one out. What is one tool you can't live without, whether it's in your business or personal life? (laughs) As much as I hate to say it, my phone. I'm on it all day. I'm making calls to investors. I look at my email. If I didn't have it, I don't know where I'd be. So 
kind of a double-edged sword there, I suppose. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Learn finance, maybe take a finance course in college. And then I think I'd add one more thing too. I would have started the house hack earlier. I started when I was 26. I probably could have scraped a few more pennies and started at 23 or 24. So I wish I would have just started sooner. Sure. In under 60 seconds, I need to get you to give everybody one piece of advice they can implement today to have a direct impact on their real estate investing. What would it be? Go to a meetup. Find the meetup where there's a lot of people, a lot of experienced people. And I know we've talked about this in the last several minutes, but network, network, and network. And at some way, you'll meet somebody that'll lead you down a path and just trust in that process. Well, Nick, is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here today? I don't think so, Jack. I think this has been a great conversation. I appreciate all your time, man. No, I really appreciate yours, Nick. Again, it is Nick Elder Real Estate on LinkedIn. That will be a clickable link in the show notes. But really appreciate your time here, Nick. It was great to meet you. Yeah, likewise, Jack. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on the show. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.